We're slovenly, we're feelingy, we're really kinda dumb. We're Terry, Shar, and Lissa, all here to have some fun. So guard your holes, let's make some rolls and talk some D and D with the kids feeling oh. feeling feisty. Good. Feeling <laughs> fighty, yeah. Of course, like the day that we're feeling like super capitalistic fighty is the day there's not a lot of like big capitalism news. Like, yeah, usually, damn like, it, damn it. And we're like, yeah, fuck them. Like, that's not like the closest thing I have today on the docket. The OGL's done for Pathfinder. Um, and Baldur's Gate moved up their release date. <laughs> like, we don't have. I any... mean, I can't listen. I'm still frustrated they haven't announced the Xbox date yet. I can put all of my frustration <laughs> and be like, yeah, but Xbox went. Like, oh, but no. I love Larian Studios. <laughs> I want to support them. I'm sure. It's I know. I love them so much. So it's really just it's really just me being the most nitpickiest of nitpicks because I can't I'm... afford a gaming PC and I, I have think... a nice Xbox now. <laughs> I think I think Larian is upping their game with marketing marketing. 100%. the actual game because my tiktok is just full of people Same. playing larian games oh, and really? like oh. and yeah and reviewing larian games and talking about like i've seen like moves i've seen that? gameplay and i'm just like you're gearing up for something i don't know what oh, it is did? but it, it, it's gearing up for you know the release day that's coming out because they're getting people to actually talk about the game and it's coming on to my TikTok. So. let me yeah. Uh, yeah. let me introduce the show and we'll do bardic inspiration first we'll just jump into yeah. that like right away because okay. we, we obviously we are excited about this game so let's do that hello and welcome to the cave chills podcast my name is terry smith and this is the show where you get all of your ttrpg news if you get it somewhere else you're wrong stop it don't or get some help exactly or <laughs> go do that but I'll then come here and you. pay us money you know that'd be great yeah. that's a that's a form of recompense that we will accept mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Since we're all starving artists like it's okay yeah um but it's not okay come listen uh <laughs> <laughs> so normally we open up the show for the bits and bobs section but we're gonna jump right into the bardic inspiration but first let me introduce my illustrious co-host uh one half of the slovenly trolls Charday. how are you doing today I am feeling feisty today. I don't know why, but I just am. I have I almost have finished two whole cups of coffee and I'm ready. I'm yeah. Just ready and rearing. And the other half of the slovenly trolls, Lissa. Hello. Lissa is also feeling feisty. I know it sounded like she's just happy, but that's her feisty <laughs> voice. That's that she'll fuck you up voice. If you hear her make yeah. that sound, run. Don't walk. Run. Don't walk run yeah when i say hello run away from me <laughs> which is just a little like that listen it's reverse patriarchy i, I am out to get you excellent that's Good. a lot a lot of people deserve to be got you know what i mean like it's okay yeah. in this economy yeah go for it uh so without further ado D video game baldur's gate 3 re-rolls initiative and moves pc release date forward a month playstation xbox players will have to wait a while longer though this comes from matt jarvis over at dice breaker and several other news outlets have covered it i read the original article over on ign i'll link that too um video game news you know check out a video game website but i like matt jarvis's write up over here ballers gate 3 the next installment in the decade spanning DD video game series has shifted its pc release date up by almost a month ballers gate 3 has been an early access on pc for over two years with divinity original sin developer larian studios shout out uh, making the first act of the lengthy rpg available late in 2020 alongside a number of its playable races and classes all pulled directly from dungeons and dragons rulebooks but now 
Excuse me. I'm dying. Bless you. Oh, God. Oh, I'm good. It's all fine. Um, <laughs> but fine. to, to fast forward, that. I know, right? Like, what are we going to do? <laughs> There's so many files saved on my computer that you would just never get. <laughs> I know, exactly. Oh, man. Um, but uh, to, to skip the preamble, Baldur's Gate 3 on PC release date is now going to be moved up to August 3rd from the original September 6th. Uh, this is a big deal. This is awesome. This really yeah. engenders a lot of hope for me because having played it from the original, you know, uh, mm. early access, it was a little rough when they first put up that first chapter, but it was still really good for an early access game. Um, but the fact they're like, yeah, this one's basically done. Let's just, let's just get it over to them. They got to wait longer for PlayStation Xbox anyways. Um, yeah. which I believe is like August 31st for PlayStation 5. I, I think it's like, yeah, it's August 31st or start of September. Xbox doesn't even have a release date yet, and I'm still salty about it, quite honestly, because I have an Xbox, but I do not have a PlayStation. I do not have a gaming PC, so like everybody else can play it, but I will be suffering. <laughs> yeah, okay, I got the official dates right here. So Baldur's Gate uh, originally uh, was going to come out on PC on August 31st and PlayStation 5, and now they've moved mm. up the PC release to September, or to September, I'm sorry, uh, August 3rd. Uh, but uh -huh. pushed forward Playstations to September 6th. Gotcha. Okay. And there's so still no date for the play. Xbox version. <laughs> Just, you know, fuck me, I guess. <laughs> okay, I'm literally... I'm holding out hope, and I'm, I don't think this is going to happen, but listen, I just need, like, a little bit of hope in my life. Um, I'm just holding out hope it's not going to happen, so it's just going to come out on Game Pass Day 1, and I'll just be able to play it whenever it comes out. It <laughs> will. I mean, it probably will come to Game Pass Day 1. They probably are making that deal, but what that's is what, that Day I'm, 1, right? Yeah, is... I'm, that's, like, that's part of the reason why I'm like, okay, I don't quite understand how the software is different for PlayStation and for Xbox. I know there are differences, but there are also similarities, and I know they said on Xbox they were having trouble with the co-op version. Was For which co-op version? The local or online? Local. I think mm. it was the local one. Gotcha. They were having issues with the Xbox local co-op. And that's the that's the only thing we've heard. But I'm just like, maybe, but maybe, though, conspiracy theory hat, maybe they're negotiating for, like, Game Pass. And maybe they're, like, putting together all this promo in the background it's gonna be amazing and there it'll be worth the wait on it i mean it obviously will be worth the wait i've been too excited <laughs> to play this game forever listen i've been larry and fangirls for what two years since we discovered them during the pandemic yeah. so like yeah, yeah, yeah i mean i've been looking i haven't played one like minute of the new Baldur's gate game i've seen gameplay i've seen all the reviews on steam it's on my steam wish list but i don't have a powerful enough pc to play it so I am just waiting with bated breath for whenever Let's, I get to play this game. To quote Listen. Simpsons, ha ha. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but like in, in order to understand how big of fans of Larian we are, um, after we played Divinity Original Sin 2 and Div Divinity Original Sin 1, I could got, not get Charity to play any game because nothing was going to be the next div. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. That's good. Like there was, right? there was nothing acceptable for us to play after we played those two games, no. and I was like, and then we ended up playing no. an, another edition, another round of Div Two. Yeah, we are now playing. We now have a playability. It does, and we're playing it, it on like uh, the hardest difficulty, where if you if your party completely dies, like your game save is like next yeah it's, deleted. <laughs> it's uh the permadeath uh run uh -huh, yeah, per yeah permadeath yeah. like super hardcore mode and we've been doing pretty okay like we've had many yeah. you know 
panic attacks. We've been doing okay, but <laughs> we I I'm super excited for Baldur's Gate three. I just hope I'll be able to play it sooner rather than so later. to quote IGN Charday, this is what they said about the Xbox version. Um, they said technical <laughs> issues and constraints we have to overcome uh, in relation to uh, to creating the port, and that compromises were likely, but they're still targeting 2023. I will cry. A I will bit. hold. I will cry hold a lot of it. I will play it hopefully by Christmas. <laughs> one day, one day you will play this game after me and game. John have beaten it four or five times. Listen, um, all I want, I've seen, listen, I've seen the vampire elf. I've seen him and I just want to bang him. <laughs> and that's my one goal with this game. And if I can do that, I will be happy camper. Do you even have 200 hours to devote to this right now? I can make time <laughs> for the vampire elf. She for the vampire will clear elf, her schedule. She will. I, her schedule I, has I, never cleared that fast. <laughs> <laughs> for a new RPG with romance elements, are you shitting my dick? Like I will make time. <laughs> I will make time. I will sacrifice my firstborn child that does not exist. Like I was going to say. In the meantime, check out FF16 because it's way way more sexy than any of the other Final Fantasies. But they didn't come out on Xbox, so uh, so sorry. Great. So I can't do that. No, you can't. I've never that. played Final Fantasy game though, so I don't really feel like I'm missing out on much. It's like I don't really play Zelda, well, they're, so they're all are different. Super though. For Zelda. Same thing with Zelda. Every single Zelda game is different. Every single Final Fantasy is different. Mm-hmm. Final Fantasy is just a big anthology series, so yeah. I know the vibe. I've just never played one. So people but, are like, oh, you should totally play But that's the thing. Like, They're yeah, all different totally. vibes, though. Like, even this one's like, a, a lot of them are RPGs, not all of them. This one's just full-on action game. This one plays, like, God of War or Devil May Cry. Like, it's not really an RPG at all. Um, but with the story of Game of Thrones... <laughs> the different vibes about they're they're all very different. They're not all the same type of game. This one is action with Game of Thrones. So like it's nice, it's like watching nice. Game of Thrones while you play Ned Stark if he fought harder. You know, like <laughs> like there's still lots yeah, probably. there's lots of political intrigue, but then there but it's mostly sword fighting is what like you play. Mm-hmm. It's really cool, but it's yeah, it's nothing like any other Final Fantasy. It's hard when you go because Emily said the same thing. My wife when she was like, I'll I'll watch you play Final Fantasy, but I don't really like watching you play turn based shit. And I was like, Oh, it's different. She's yeah. like, Yeah, but I haven't played the first fifteen and I feel like Final Fantasy Sixty sounds like a big thing. I was like, No, it's <laughs> it an anthology series. <laughs> uh but it was just very funny. Uh a lot of people aren't jumping in on this one where I was like, this is the most friendly one to jump into if you like fantasy, mm-hmm. if you like more more political stuff rather than uh just, oh, there's a dragon, you must kill it. Like this one has a lot of really cool political intrigue on the level of Game of Thrones, which is really impressive, uh, that Final Fantasy's never really done. It's always had a little bit, but it's like, oh, these two nations are at war, and this princess is on the run. That's, like, the extent of what they've done, usually. Um, but this one is full-on, like, we're drawing maps and borders, and there are alliances and double-crosses, and this person's sleeping with this person's mistress, and this mistress <laughs> got poisoned. Like, it, it, gets, it gets heavy on a Game of Thrones level, which I just was not expecting. So don't write it off, damn it, Sharday. Go play it. Except for you can't. I can't. You you're trying you're to sell silly. me something. You're trying to sell me something that I can't play, Terry. You chose to. You chose Xbox. to buy the Xbox. We all told you it was a bad idea. Uh, you like, no, no, no. We it. all no, 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 no. You yes. and John told me it was a bad idea, and I don't listen to anything either of you two say. <laughs> you should though. We, we play a lot of games. Like we're not crazy. The Xbox is a great deal if you want to play a lot of like third-party games for uh, like Game Pass. 
Like, mm-hmm. like that's a great way. But if you like, like what you do, like you have a specific set of games that you want to play that are usually released on both. And you know, you just keep missing on some awesome exclusives because you didn't go with PlayStation or build a PC. You could have built a pretty good PC. Mm, no, that takes too much effort. Um, I'm cool. I mean, <laughs> you, you, minimal effort. It's like the opposite of Deadpool. Minimal effort. Sharday, I got you. <laughs> I'm uh, happy with my choices. We're getting Fable eventually. So, like, I'm happy and avowed. I'm super they've they've said it, that so. a lot uh, for both of those games for a long time. So, I don't don't hold your breath. I'm holding all of my breaths, not, not specifically good. for Fable, but for Avowed, because I fucking love the Pillars of Eternity games, and it's set in that universe. Avowed so is I'm probably going to come before Fable does, for sure. Oh, 100% <laughs> it will. 100%. And I'm ready. I'm so ready. Uh, I saw the the whatever showcase that they did, and it looks Yeah, the awesome. Xbox showcase. You know what was really dumb, though, is I feel like if you don't know Pillars of Eternity or either the RPG or the people behind it, like... You wouldn't know that that was in that world. Like, they didn't say no, it you in wouldn't. that trailer. It's not even part. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't make it more part of the marketing, or they haven't yet. They might switch. They might as it gets closer, getting, but. If it, it, yeah, when it gets closer. Because, like, also, I mean, Larian isn't necessarily leaning on Divinity Original Sin, too. They're just kind of pushing the Baldur's Gate title as part of their marketing. Because it's working. Because D&D, as a, you know, franchise, is more successful than Yeah, but that's Divinity. a different situation. That is literally them going to a new world. So it makes sense yeah. not to lean too hard on Divinity Original Sin, too. Pillars of Eternity is that world. Like, it's the same setting. Yeah. I think they I think they were leaning on Outer Worlds, I think, was part 100%. of. 100%. Like, and like you know, world, yeah, like great. this big RPG. But I just, I feel like I, people that I know who love the Pillars of Eternity game would have been interested mm-hmm. in this had they have said that out loud. Yeah, and like I, I had think, to tell people about it. Yeah, I hope that they will because I really love those games, and I know a lot of people who really love those games. And getting like another type of game is just really intriguing because it's a point, not point and click. It's a isometric rpg the pillars of eternity games and avowed is very first person skyrim 100 it reminds me a lot of and it's a, still a little bit different situation but it reminds me a lot of playing fallout 2 moving to fallout mm, 3 yeah because yeah, yeah, that yeah. was the same kind of jump and that's really what they've done here uh which is really exciting like i'm i'm excited for it I, the pillars of eternity games are awesome but they are a lot like it's it's just mm-hmm. lore and reading which is cool sometimes and sometimes i'm like i don't have 600 hours to read all of these different books no even like i'm a horror for lore and i skip over the lore of pillars of eternity sometimes and i'm like i'll save that for my second playthrough whenever i do it which i know i am going to eventually but i'm just like i'll save like i i read like the stuff you absolutely have to mm-hmm. and like a handful of random stuff but i i even i haven't i haven't read there's some it, really good but... mods like like you can already get most of the lore like it's hard to miss stuff once you've found it like you can go back and for read sure it. for sure but i have a couple of mods that just like set it up to where you just click the story thing and like you can have it right there oh, um nice, so that's nice. what i'll do sometimes on one of those games if i don't have time to, especially isometric rpgs like the yeah. the western style ones i'm like I don't have time to go and find that. I did that for Divinity Original Sin, the first one, when I went back. Because I had yeah, already played yeah, yeah. two, and I really dug it, and I was like, I should go back. But I just did not have time to catch up on all the lore. So I just mm-hmm. kind of, like, blitzed my way through, and then sat down and just binged it in two days of, like, just clicking, okay, lore yeah. one, then, okay, what's the story? And the mods usually give pretty good context. Like, hey, you would have found this in this dungeon. <laughs> like, Oh, nice. Yeah. So okay, there's a couple cool, of good cool. I wish I knew the names of them, but uh, most uh, I mean, isometric ones have that. I don't play Pillars on my um, PC. I play it on my Xbox, so. That's... You are an <laughs> enigma wrapped inside of a mystery. 
Thank you so much. It's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. I did not mean it as a compliment. Uh, so oh, let's move on um, to our bits and bobs section where we talk about all the games and supplements coming to your TTRPG table. First up, we have Midsommar, The Witch, and The Ritual inspired this folk horror solo RPG. Jumping at Jenga is the subtitle we're calling uh, Alex Meehan over at Dicebreaker for all the help over there today. Um, let's talk about this game. It's called Carved by the Garden. Uh, which is an awesome name. Uh, and all of its fair. inspirations are super creepy. Sharda, you love horror, so this one's going to be right up your alley. Obviously. Yeah, uh, totally. <laughs> it's a new solo tabletop RPG, so Alyssa will also enjoy it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Carved by the Garden is an upcoming tabletop RPG that sees its players attempting to survive in a forest filled with terrible secrets and horrifying discoveries. Based on the wretched gameplay system designed by Chris Bazette and Loot the Room, a platform contained free resources for TTRPG creators. Carved by the Garden utilizes a tumble tower to build tension and enable players to interact with the very forest itself. Now you might know why I'm super excited about it. Um, if you've played Dread before, uh, one of my favorite. Mm horror tabletop games which uh doesn't use uh tumbling tower in my house we use jumbling tower um but it's just it's jenga if you don't know uh you use a jenga tower to instead of rolls um so players begin the horror tabletop rpg by assembling their their tumble tower either the traditional way or according to a specific alternative provided by the game before rolling a d6 removing that many blocks players then create their characters by picking from the available starting archetypes or making their own with players then writing their first journal entry so it kind of combines those two types of gameplay i don't think we need to jump too much further into it i'll link to the h.io page drive through rpg um and the crowdfunding uh is launching on july 18th so you'll be able to jump in if that sounds neat to you they have some cool stuff over there from what i said uh they haven't actually shown like anything official but mm -hmm. i believe on their twitter account they showed a custom jumbling tower um oh, yes which will cool. be really cool uh which had to be really fucking expensive too like i don't know how I'm much sure. money they're making out of that because like printing cards is one thing for a lot of these but like printing on wood or getting inserts for the wood like i don't it just sounds expensive to me i've talked to a lot of printers lately and if it's anything that they can't make 14 billion copies of they're like this is going to cost you an arm and a leg because we have to move machines around and you got to find right. a specific place so that's crazy so go check out uh carved <laughs> by the garden which is just a badass name uh do you two care at all about carved by the garden it looks pretty. <laughs> I like, I like the art, and I'm even, I'm more intrigued though now. I kind of uh, want to go to their Twitter and see if they did put up like a a little like concept art of like what a custom Jenga tower like that they have or tumbling tower or whatever if they want they're calling it. I want to see what that looks like because if it's anything like the art style, it'll be very like goth adjacent, which is you just have it to have a badass a Jenga tower. Yeah, you could just get the game to have a badass Jenga tower. <laughs> I feel bad because, like, it, it sounds weird, but there actually are quite a few games that are jumping on the, the Tumbling Tower as their main mechanic. So it, I could have seen another game's Jenga Tower. Now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, which is cool for me as a fan. Like, I, I, it sounds weird, but as a fan of Jenga. That, like, <laughs> as a fan of Jenga. <laughs> I play a lot of Jenga in my household. It's a very fun game. <laughs> and Dread's it's one great. of the best RPGs because it, it builds a lot of tension as you're watching that that tower mm -hmm. you know wobble as like werewolves are chasing you or whatever 
Yeah. I've seen people play it like on Geek and Sundry before. It looks very That fun. was where I discovered Dread back in the day was mm-hmm. on uh Will Wheaton show. Uh Tabletop? Tabletop. Tabletop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a long time now. It's been off the air for a while. <laughs> I know, I miss it. I want to go back and rewatch episodes now. That was a great show. Yeah, the weird thing is, like, so many people that were featured on Geek and Sungry back in the old days are either um, more problematic or or were Mm. more aware of how problematic they are now or just do completely different things. So it's just like a weird nostalgia trip. Um, Yeah, yeah. I also don't know where would you hunt down a lot of that stuff. Still on YouTube? Still alive? I think it's still I think it's still on YouTube. Yeah, because Geek and Sundry has their YouTube channel is still up. Okay. So I'm pretty sure it's still on YouTube because I don't think Alpha (laughs) took off, which was their subscription service. No, no, didn't didn't quite do that. I was there. I was there. I was Alpha. I was there. I had an Alpha subscription for a hot second, but not anymore. No more. No. Uh, moving yep. on, uh, the Adventure Time RPG is inspired by one of the weirdest fantasy RPGs ever made. This comes from Matt Jarvis over at Dicebreaker, and we have a few little stories about Adventure Time because they did a little interview talking about the RPG that we um, were announcing last week. Uh, just a, a few little like tidbits if you were excited about that. Again, I know you two gigantic fans of Adventure Time. You sounded so excited about this, so... Um, I thought you'd appreciate it. First up, we can talk about, um, it's going to be playable in D&D 5e. Um, just like we talked about last week. I was like, oh, I'm surprised that they're not doing this in 5th edition too. Well, they are. Um, (laughs) uh, I saw a lot of people really excited about that because they just were like, I'd rather just play it in D&D, which is kind of interesting because if you don't know, it kind of comes full circle because Adventure Time was mostly inspired by the creator's D&D games. Mm -hmm. So D&D inspired the show, inspiring this new D&D game which is kind of interesting so there's that it's a circle of ttrpgs it is it is you gotta go all the way around um and then the other part is that the game is mostly inspired by the yes and system which is a really open storytelling game uh kind of old uh very like osr style you know one character sheet not a lot of changes happen on it and you go through the dungeon so that was really cool to see and they have a really good interview i'm not going to go too far into it um but they talk about monty cook games which is how it came onto my radar monty cook makes some awesome games there's even some pillars of eternity uh tie in there if you don't know so (laughs) (laughs) it like just go even more full circle uh so go read the rest of that interview but i wanted to drop the the 5e news because i know some people were a little disappointed that it was going to be its own system which don't be Mm -hmm. don't be afraid try some new systems um, I'm running a Genesis game this Friday. <laughs> uh, mostly because Sharday is going out of town. We were gonna play uh, Gerps, but Sharday was like, "No, I hate you. I'm leaving no, the you. state uh, again." Bye. So, <laughs> listen, don't be jealous. I'm a job setter now. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair to you, Sharday, we weren't gonna make you learn a new new system. Uh, we were gonna run it in Gerps originally, or just play our mm-hmm. normal Gerps game. And then you were like, "We're out of here." I was like, "Cool, we're gonna play it in something crazy then." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> quick sure days away play another system that exactly. you probably won't try for another three years <laughs> I, genesis though is one that i'd really love to see you play because it's so improv heavy like uh mm-hmm. the way that the dice work is you get like successes failures and then you have things like um boons and threats 
So mm-hmm. you could roll and like you might succeed, but then there's three threats left over and we improv yeah. around the table. What are those three threats? You can either hand it fully over to the GM or, you know, yeah. you can toss mm-hmm. out ideas, but it's a really, really fun, light storytelling mechanic. It's what I prefer to do one shots in. So it's not just mm-hmm. so me just telling you a story, which is mm-hmm. sometimes a little bit more like feasible in a big campaign. Uh, but when I do one shots, I'm like, I kind of want everyone to be able to tell a story here. So. Go check out Genesis. Yeah. I'm going to do it on Friday. And I, I'm plugging it like it's going to be an action play. It's not. It's just at my house. <laughs> no one will be able to see it but us. But you could play Genesis too and tell me how it goes. If you want. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Moving on. Liminal RPG attempts to map out the back rooms in an expansion based on the collaborative Creepypasta universe. Uh, we talked about a few Creepypasta and Liminal Space backroom games last week. So it was kind of weird that another one came out, like, right on uh, right on its heels. Um, uh, Hell is Moldering Yellow... Uh, yeah, mellow, uh, moldering Yellow Wallpaper. I got this. I can read. Says Chase Carter <laughs> over at Dice Breaker. Um, if you've never heard of the backrooms, you must not spend much time on TikTok or whatever social media the under-25-year-old crowd are using now. The internet creepypasta turned massively right. collaborative horror universe. <laughs> has inspired artwork, video games, stories, and now an upcoming tabletop. RPG all about mapping the endless spaces of the back rooms and making it out alive which is a pretty cool idea for uh an, an RPG based in the back rooms because the whole idea of the back rooms is you know you're in this weird otherworldly space that takes like shape of like a mundane thing so like the the back warehouse of like a grocery store or an office mm. space um you know a lot of ikea furniture brutalist architecture it's a cool idea it's great for like that scp group crowd um mm-hmm. source storytelling how it will translate to this combat free mapping rpg very very interesting um you got a 20-page zine. It includes room designs, a handful of entities to encounter. But, again, it's combat-free, so it's a lot of, like, running and trying to hide. Uh, hmm. But I don't really know. I haven't had a chance to actually play this yet or check it out. They have, like, a little survival guide um, that you can check out. I don't think it's a quick start, necessarily, as much as, like, a primer for the game. Um, but... Do you two care about the backgrounds, limitless space map? Well, I'm curious because, like, they say it like has origins or like people talk about it on TikTok. I'm not on that side of TikTok. Did you guys? I don't. Oh, yeah. like, I, I'm aware of it. Like, I've never, I've never heard of this. Lisa, have you heard of this on TikTok? No, I have not heard of this. <laughs> also, like the idea of running away from something like a horror game gives me anxiety. Oh, yeah. and they are anxiety inducing because, like, it preys not just on like the horror part of like, oh, something's gonna get you, but it's also that like, there's no way out is like a big part of it. Yeah. You cross. It's like I, I have enough I have enough anxiety just like thinking <laughs> of playing one of those games on like a PC. Um no, oh absolutely God, not. Yeah. Like, and like as I'm as like I'm exactly well like this is already an expansion for the ttrpg liminal space um which i haven't checked out but i'm going to look into now um but this is all about mapping it uh so it's basically just like a little add-on on there um mm-hmm. which is pretty neat how do you play though so the players must map out their journey onto a large piece of graph paper graph paper and attempt to find an escape or succumb 
to fatigue as entities in the liminal space pursue them. Inhabiting the liminal space are the entities uh, being beings designed to keep the disoriented disoriented. So it's just like there to fuck with you. Um, so you use a giant piece so of So you're paper. actually meant to escape is what I'm hearing? You're trying to, yes. Uh, and you mark your, your path of the pencil and you take turns going through. Um, and you use a D100 to determine everything the players come across. Um, be it terror or tool. All right, that's that's kind of interesting. I think I might check that out this weekend. Because uh, usually what happens is I wrap up these one-shots and then uh, we still just sit around talking. So I might just bust this out afterwards. You can get the base yeah. game on their website for how much. You get the Liminal Space Bundle plus PDF, 110 pages. Let's see. Give me a price. $48. Well, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I'll wait on that one. That's quite a lot to, to just try one time yeah like for a taster yeah yeah let's see who else is playing that one shot see if they're interested we can group yeah on that. look at a review or two yeah. or um somebody who's like super excited and who knows of the back rooms on tiktok and is not on vampire tiktok like i am um you can be or both. titanic I'm talk both. i'm also no. on titanic talk I'm on Titanic Talk. I'm on Vampire Talk. I am still occasionally on Capybara Talk. Um, <laughs> I, have you <laughs> I, done I, the I thing like yet where you start a new TikTok yet? What do you mean start a new TikTok? I have two TikTok accounts. Oh, well, I run the one for Slovenly Trolls. Right. Do you cultivate one. that to just be, you know, TTRPG stuff? They're, they're pretty, like, I don't honestly spend a lot of time scrolling on the Slovenly Trolls TikTok. Like, I do sometimes, because it's just, it takes such a long time to curate, like, mm -hmm. a TikTok feed when you first start out, and I totally forgot about it, because it's been years. So, it's now starting, yeah, basically exclusively when I'm scrolling on the Slovenly Trolls TikTok, which is not very often. It's mostly TTRPG, D&D, nerdy stuff, um, which is part of my personal TikTok, so I'll just send, like from my personal account TikToks mm -hmm. to the Slavily Trolls account. Like, here's something that's trending. Here's a trending sound that I'm seeing on. Cause like, you know, you produce the content that you want to see as a consumer. Like you are, if you don't like the content you're producing, like that's, that's dumb. You should do something that you like. So like I, the TikTok that I have and I curate for my personal use is a good like indicator of like trends that people that I want to see on the Slavily Trolls, like start discovering it is pretty good so i just do that i don't really use them separately <laughs> yeah so I, I i i cover different things so like my my main one has lots of different, very eclectic i'm a very eclectic individual i like a lot of random shit um mm -hmm. but then my my work quote unquote tiktok is just comic books so right. comic book creators people who like comic books collectors artists stuff like that yes and yeah. th that's the only thing i like if something else comes across that i like that it doesn't fit that one i click not interested because of the, the subject matter That's but i smart. send it to my other account so i don't lose yeah. it like i still want to watch that video <laughs> like a lot of political stuff pops up and i'm like i i want to watch this video um but mm -hmm. i don't want it to be on my comic book account i want that on my personal right. one so uh it's like tiktok knows you're like well you love news <laughs> so like we sent this to you and I'm like, I do, but not here. That's not what it's for. But uh, um, mm -hmm. enough of the TikTok. Let's get to the next thing. Roll20's Pocket Quest 2023 Game Jam sent more than 50 tabletop designers to Space Camp. Uh, sort of. 
Um, <laughs> this comes from Chase Carter over at Dicebreaker. Uh, tabletop platforms have been gradually stepping up efforts to support smaller, often independent creators in recent years. Kickstarter's annual Zine Quest and its grassroots offshoot Zine Month might be the most well-known, but virtual tabletop platform Roll20 is gunning for some of the spotlight. Roll20 just wrapped the second year of its Pocket Quest game jam, which sorted, uh, which sported a space theme for 2023. The jam invited smaller and first-time creators to design and submit a pocket-sized tabletop RPG according to a few simple rules. Anything with rules must fit within 20 20 pages it must be about space in some fashion and it must use either the designer's own system or one available through a third-party license uh, a press release from roll 20 claimed that more than 95 designers took part sending their creativity among the stars and vying to collect a double handful of digital merit badges along the way reportedly over half the submissions came from first-time game designers and many of the rest returned from pocket Boy's inaugural year um creators had two months to concept design and execute a tabletop rpg and while there was no competition or winners, the Game Jam atmosphere also uh, accredited several fascinating titles, all of which can be viewed on the dedicated drive-thru RPG uh, store page. Uh, so I'll link to that. There's tons of games on there. I haven't had a chance to play any of them, but I think there's a bundle for you to get most of them. Uh, I'll have to check that out. Uh, are you too excited to check out this Game Jam? Uh, do you like pocket-sized RPGs? What are your thoughts here? Pockets. I don't know if we've covered. Yeah, pocket what's, size RPGs what's a pocket very... size RPG? Like you I guys mean, are getting I... too caught up on the on the nomenclature, the taxonomy of it. It's just a small one. Just uh, they're calling okay. pocket sizes like us. Like the rules can fit in twenty pages, basically. So it's a little uh... bit bigger than like a one pager. Okay, so okay. just like rules, rules light, light yeah. but not like one page rules. Light. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Yeah, it's, I was like, oh, no, 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 you're getting too caught. No, no, no. It's not a good like, thing. <laughs> it's like, oh, like, I've never played a pocket-sized one. No, no, no. It just means that there's not a lot of rules. They're, they're, they're smaller games meant to be played a little bit quicker. Okay, okay, okay. That that makes more, <laughs> that makes more sense. I, I get I that reason. Like, this is no shade. I get it. Being, being just as nerdy, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh, that word, that, that means that. And they're like, no, 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 you're getting caught up. That's just what they call it. I was it. literally, yeah, I was literally picturing, like, a miniature book that you slide in your No, 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 no. no. <laughs> well, no, now no, I no. want that. And now I don't, yeah, I don't care about this. Though. I want a pocket-sized RPG. I can send you that one that they fit 10 games on, on one sheet of paper paper remember all right yeah, yeah. oh my god yeah. it's been a while yeah. <laughs> um yeah. but a lot of these games are under 10 bucks to pick up uh many are under five if you want to um get them there's mm-hmm. uh there's some that are a little bit more expensive but are worth it um like uh space horror i believe is it's called uh is a whole bundle it's 20 bucks and you get a bunch of them uh so there's there's a couple of cool things in there um cosmic twilight is a whole core rule book for a pretty big game um again 20 pages of rules but you can do a lot with that there's some for like 50 cents Mm -hmm. paths between the stars uh yeah is 50 cents and they have stuff ranging from an entire group to more of like a party game type deal to solo rpgs so there's a lot of different options here for it Mm -hmm. um let me see what that bundle includes if it um is like the majority of them or just like two or three let's see 
It includes quite a few. It's not the entire thing, obviously. Um, but you have several like uh, creators that said, hey, let's sell this one as a bundle. So there's there's some pretty cool deals there. Uh, everything from space horror to space adventure to space opera. So lots of options. Go check that out. I mean, many of these are fucking $2. Like, what are you going to lose? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the one that uh, I'm excited for, it's called Scrappers, the Malucca Enigma. And the reason why I'm super excited is because it kind of takes from that Flash Gordon, um, uh, Buck Rogers type feel. Uh, that pulp. Not Buck Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, listen, lots of problematic stuff there if you're actually reading Buck Rogers. But if it's just inspired yeah. by those old pulp adventures. Um, like if you look at the cover, it just has like the, the yellow pulpy print and it's about mm-hmm. like doing random space adventures on random planets in space. Um, mm-hmm. that I'm excited for. I do recognize the, the problematic stuff. How do you know about Buck Rogers? Do you want me to answer that question? Yeah. <laughs> it's from the book that we read. Oh, the TSR book. one. I got you. I thought you were talking about it from more of like some of no. some of the feminist content that you've done for Slovenly Trolls. I thought it came up there. Um, because they're no. listen, there no. there is some. Stuff no, there. it was from Book Club. Yeah, from no, the it was book from club. The Ben Riggs book. Well, listen, ben Riggs like book, book, book Rogers has an issue club. with <laughs> with like the ownership <laughs> stuff, but uh, but there are also like you know picture women in space bikinis just wearing you know a oh. space bubble helmet that kind of thing. That was okay. where I was coming from for that angle. Oh, when I heard okay. the oh no, because well, I'm like you're correct. I mean. On both accounts. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but, like, there is a lot of that, like, campy space adventure that you miss out on with a lot of stuff yeah. now. Because it's more inspired sure. by Star Wars, less inspired by Flash Gordon, Buck Rogers. And uh, yeah. there's still a lot to be explored by those pulpy games. So I'm excited for Scrappers. That's one that I just bought. It's two ninety nine, mm-hmm. But there's lots of cool shit in there. Um, I know you two are probably going to go over there and buy every single one of them, right? Obviously. Every single one. Yes. Especially Buck Rogers. <laughs> 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 it's not official Buck Rogers, it's Scrappers. Uh, but it looks like a Buck, Buck Rogers, Rogers cover. Yeah. Uh, which, again, like I know quite a bit about, which is so funny because I didn't know the tie between TSR until we read that book. But I have a I lot know, of like original so Buck Rogers like comic books because my mom liked comic books when she was younger. So Aww, I have like, yeah. some of my more like like uh, expensive or like worth a lot of money comics are like weird ones. Yeah. Like I have a lot mm-hmm. of original Archies. Um, which people are like, oh, you love comics. What are your favorites? I'm like, oh, I love fucking Spider-Man and a lot of like image comics. Oh, what do you have that's worth a lot of money? Well, I have Archie, like number five (laughs) in the, in this really handy dandy notebook. Um, I, I have a lot of silly shit. Uh, moving on. This isn't about comic books. Damn it. You're, you're getting me caught up on, on fun stuff. Uh, we have friend of a show, uh, Megan. Uh, what do we have? Uh, oh, there we go. We have the link for it. I was like, I know you gave me the update, but she was a contributor yeah, yeah. on Dragonlance Shadow of the Black Rose, um, which is uh, is it a whole new book or is it just a supplement? It's an adventure. Okay, it's so an adventure it's, for 5e? It's an adventure for 5e with 5e rules. Mm-hmm. And it's um, for and it, 11th, uh, 13th level characters? Yes. Awesome. Yeah. And it's supposed to be like a direct, uh, it's supposed to take place directly after one of the, one of the books that has Lord Soth in it, I believe. One of the Dragonlance Um, books? Or one of Lord the other in Dragonlance and Ravenloft. So I'm not quite sure which one, but I know it's, um, I I can't remember. It's probably, it's on the, 
page. Yeah, I can read directly from it. I just wanted to know if you knew too much about it because I just got the link. I wasn't sure. Oh, I mean, I I I do know like like about the adventure itself but not quite where it takes place because fun fact and full transparency i helped edit this oh, <laughs> so i cool. i know it pretty well <laughs> cool Why, like do you i'm just plugging megan like uh are you yeah, in the yeah. credits here or you just do so i am the oh you yep. are well then yeah I'm say the that shit come on That's yeah exciting. yeah i'm in the credit so like this is a half i mean i mean we will always support everything megan does ever because she's flawless and we love her and she's a friend of the show but in my opinion it's it's a great it's a cool adventure that i helped edit though so i'm clear i clearly have a bias <laughs> so i mean i mean i mean it's in the today when as as of recording it is in the top seller of dm's guild list yeah, yeah it is yeah those dragonlands books they they do really well especially like from from the crew that Megan usually works with, um, even the, mm -hmm. the Ravenloft one, I know that I was far from the only person who bought the the trinkets and treasures one. Um, they're they're starting to, to to pick up steam a little bit, so I'm going to read directly from it since Charday is biased. Um, <laughs> confront D and D's most <laughs> iconic Death Knight on his home ground in this epilogue to Dragonlance: Shadow of the Dragon Queen. Lord Soth, the Knight of the Black Rose, is raising an armada of undead dragons in the mountains surrounding his burnt and blackened fortress of Dargard, Dar Dargard, Keith. I, I don't know how to pronounce that. And it's not I a real place, so I can't Google it. Uh, <laughs> Ancelon will never know peace while his malign influence endures. His legacy of evil forever in this 50-page original adventure created by the Dragon Lance Nexus. Featuring a forward by James Lauder, any award-winning author of Night of the Black Rose, and Spectre of the Black Rose, which is really awesome and adds a lot of legitimacy to this. Yeah, not that it needed sure. it, but it does have it now. Um, so terrifying ascent to the pinnacle of darkness designed for four to six players from 11th and 13th level, which can be run as a satisfying conclusion to Dragonlance Shadow of the Dragon Queen or as a that's standalone true. dungeon exploration. What were you going to say, Char? I said, that's what it was. It was like in, it wasn't for the, directly in the books. It was literally for Dragonlance Shadow of the Dragon, Dragon Queen. Queen. Like yeah, the it's IV adventure. That's it, what I was thinking of. Yes, which, which is what I thought maybe going in, but I wasn't sure. And I just, and yes. I haven't read a Dragonlance novel since I was like a teenager. Um, 11 4K digital battle maps of Soth's ancient citadel, Dargard. Keep from the crypts to the apex with gridded variants and variant skill for Roll20 and Foundry VTT. Dynamic and colorful NPCs including Soth's treacherous steward, Sir Caradoc, the remorseful Banshee, Ladara of Sylvanesti, and the unpredictable Kender vampire, Lori Wanwillow, each with their own side quest, three new monsters, seven new magical items, and a complete fictional biography of Lord Soth, including his time in Ravenloft, uh, drawn from the classic novels and adventures, as well as notes on his personality, goals, and tactics, a guide to the haunted Solomonic uh, province of Nightland, uh, original artwork by Elena Zambelli, uh, Tasselhoff's Pouches of Everything is credit there, and Matt Morrow of the Shadow Dark RPG. So, uh, there's some really, like, you know, awesome pedigree in this, including Shardai doing the editing. Right. Um, and Megan <laughs> doing some writing over there. Like, really, really cool shit. Please go check this out. You can get the entire thing for nine bucks. Pretty good deal. Um, go do it, you cowards. <laughs> like, what are you waiting for? Um, the next one, I have a little plug because of, uh, purchasing Henshin way back in the day. Uh, Cave of Monsters. Have you two heard of this company? No. 
Uh, That's so a new one. Cave of Monsters, they created one of the first Power Ranger-like RPGs, like the Super Sentai game. Oh, um, Really, really uh, fun game before Hasbro was like, hey, we don't we own that license? Shouldn't we make like a Power Rangers RPG? Um, so Henshin kind of beat them to it. And it was a really fun, rules-like game. Um, mm-hmm. Not a lot of rolling, not a lot of need for tons of GM stuff. It was pretty cool. And they did a hack of their own game called Rider Kanshu, uh, which is uh, slapping the Common Rider stuff onto their Super Sentai game Henshin. And if you don't know what Common Rider is, think like Power Rangers if they were lone wolf anti-heroes with motorcycles. That's Common Rider. Um, exactly yeah it's cool shit like i go check out common rider but if you also if you like common rider after you go check it out which you can watch almost all of them on amazon now which is really cool subtitled um or if you speak japanese you can just watch it all um but now you can do that and then go play rider Kanchu. uh it's a pretty cool hack i got to check it out there's a little bit more gear involved in this uh compared to the super sentai one and have uh they have a little bit more like drama cues in the game because it's a little bit more of like a dramatic melodrama version of power rangers in my opinion and they really capture that here uh plus lots of cool like customization that the original henshin game didn't have some of the expansions did but the first one didn't really start there so go check out rider Conchu if any of the keywords i said uh uh popped up in the seo of your brain lissa i know you're the only other one that likes power rangers do you care about any of the words i said that sounds cool and it sounds like something that i would definitely want to check out awesome um <laughs> so go check out Rider Contra. I got the links in there for the drive through RPG. And just shout out to Cave of Monster. Um really, really small group of creators and uh they kinda got their uh uh their their lunch taken from them when they beat Hasbro to the punch and everyone's like, Oh hey Henshin and even me included, I, I played Henshin until the Power Rangers game came out. Um, and even though they're a much smaller team, they don't have as much money for tons of artwork. Their artwork's still really cool and tons of, of rules, heavy stuff. Uh, it's, they still put together a better book both times than, than Hasbro did, which, um, was saying a lot. So go check out Cave of Monster Games in general. And that is it for our bits and bobs section. Moving on to Village Crier. This is where we go and yell about stuff that didn't fit in any of the other sections. Um, The last story of the day, so you get some freedom back. You can go hang out with your children and not be beholden to the Cape Tales podcast, as you should be, though. Like, listen, this, this is, uh, it's compulsory, all right? Not optional. You require full attention, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Pathfinder Maker releases final and forever permanent version of its RPG open gaming license rival to D&D's OGL. Um, this comes from Matt Jarvis over at Dicebreaker. Uh, the whole point of the orc is to give the gaming community comfort, confidence, and certainty. Pathfinder Studio Paizo has released the final iteration of its open RPG creative license, uh, also known as the orc, originally announced earlier this year in response to the controversial and sense reverse changes to Dungeons & Dragons open gaming license. The orc was spawned in mid-January in the wake of Wizards of the Coast leaked OGL 1.1, which looked to clamp down on creators which used D&D's gameplay system in their own creations with the introduction of tiered royalties and the power to revoke the previously irrevocable agreement. Uh, those creations included both Pathfinder and its uh, later uh, sci-fi spinoff Starfinder, which were originally built on the framework of D&D 3.5. And since then, has blown the fuck up. <laughs> like, the, so many different creators were <laughs> mad about this, including us. Um, on uh, numerous different levels, but it is now done for. 
you know, they added theirs to the Creative Commons, and now the Orc is doing the same thing, um, and it's a forever thing. So, uh, yeah, any thoughts on it? Has anyone had the chance to go and read the Orc since it's been officially no. published? No, I haven't. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's I big. haven't either. Oh, I mean, it's, it's not gigantic, but it's big in a lot of legalese, yeah. a lot of copyright stuff. I am, like, I don't know if... I'm trying to remember a timeline of when they first started asking for feedback because I feel like it's only been a couple of months, right? Is. But time was, is weird. Um, so like, as, as soon oh. as they published the first, uh, like, hey, we're talking about it in mid-January um, yes. is when they first were, like, saying we're doing this. They immediately were like, please give us your feedback now. So, like, it came really quickly. Okay. And then by yeah. February, we were having notes on it. Right. So it, it, it's been, like, I mean, it's, it's July now. So, like, six, seven months. Mm-hmm it's been so but it just it's it feels like yesterday this that this all happened so i'm like did this happen too quickly i'm like no not really when you think about it like six months of notes is still like a pretty sizable like span of time to especially when you have um like they were so open with feedback from the public it's impressive i was expecting it to take like a year but I mean, maybe these things take a shorter amount of time. I'm not sure. I've never, I've never witnessed anything like this before. So. Yeah, it's seen right here. So, like, while they were taking notes and like comments on what to do, the first draft was published in April. Um, April, okay. Yeah, so I was looking that up, and then um, I, I'm going to go back to the article real quick. So, the general idea: the orc was outlined as a license designed to be explicitly system agnostic, meaning any game system and gameplay elements could be released for other creators to subsequently use in their own creations, as long as they attribute and reused elements appropriately. The license's open nature mean that they could be used for video games, board games, RPGs, etc. And rather than being owned or controlled by Paizo, they handed it off to a legal firm, Azora Law, that actually helped draft it and put it into the public domain. So they went to professionals that they didn't pay, basically, to do it. Um, well, I think they might have paid them, but like they weren't owned by them. The publisher also invited creators in the public to openly comment on it back in April. Yep, so we got it right there. And according to Paizo, over... 1,500 publishers, both big and small, pledged their support to the license in the first week, including Call of Cthulhu, Chaosium, Numenera creator, Monty Cook Games, and Deadland Studio Pinnacle Entertainment Group. So lots of big names on this. We also know that um, um, Project Black Flag, uh, something valiant, I can't remember the name of the full Mm -hmm. game there, but uh, from Cobalt Press, um, they also signed on to that. Uh, but yeah, so you can go check out the final version of the orc, um, and no one has the power to change or revoke or, or revoke the orc license once you sign up for it. So, um, nice. it's uh, pretty permanent. Yeah. It, so it, that's exciting. What does it mean for games? I think it depends on which parts of the, the license you're doing, but mostly it means if you sign up and you use the orc license, if you want to create games using somebody who made it under the orc license, you can use their stuff as long as you're following the rules of the license. And if you want people to be able to create things based off your stuff and you put it under the orc license, they can do so. It's pretty simple when you uh, break it down to that, which is Mm -hmm. exciting. And uh, really, it's a big win for the TTRPG space. And it's exciting that we were like, hey, you know what? Why leave it up to just the biggest guy in town and open it up to everybody? Because we all kind of want to share, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, definitely engendered a lot of goodwill towards Paizo, even though we shouldn't forget that they're also a very large corporation. Um, mm-hmm. But right now I like them more than Hasbro or Wizards <laughs> of the Coast, so there's that. 
Yeah, at least frontward facing, like they are making changes and they had all those announcements recently of how they are updating, you know, the 2E lore and the way that they approach certain like ancestries and stuff. So at least on the surface, at least they're making moves (laughs) to like fix stuff. Whereas D&D is just like, yeah, we hear you. Silence. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Yeah, it's suspicious silence. It's the kind where, like, the toddler goes silent in the next room and you yeah. know they're up to something. Yep. It's like, yeah. why are you silent? Yes. What is going on? <laughs> That's suspicious. It's in- immensely suspicious. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. I need so, to go check. Exactly. And one of the big differences here, so uh, the article does a really good job of, of, of spelling it out, but also, uh, like, when they put out the org license, Paizo also kind of explained, so... People were kind of referencing, well, the OGL is now in Creative Commons, which means they can do that too, right? It's the same thing, except for it's not. So there are two different kinds of Creative Commons where you can reuse stuff. So if you change what you're doing, if it's not exactly under that Creative Commons, um, you're no longer beholden to the Creative Commons. So you can grab something from the Creative Commons and still do your own thing with it, and then nobody else can touch it. Uh, which is a little bit unlike the share-alike Creative Commons. Uh, and if you share alike. Basically, what that means is if you made it with share-alike content, that means people can use your content without any, you know, fuss. Because it's share and share-alike. But if you just do Creative Commons, which is what Wizards did, if you change it, you can then say, nope, no one's allowed to use my toys, even though I used yours to make this. But the way (laughs) that the orc works is if you use the orc license similar to share-alike, and you put something out under the orc license, now other people are allowed to use your stuff because you use the orc license. So you can't just steal everyone's toys and go home. Uh, so that, that's a big difference, uh, when it comes to those two licenses, which is important. Uh, it's an important, um, distinction and you're probably still going to see a lot of people go with the OGL, um, because of the fact that they can go, well, I don't want people to use my stuff, even though I use somebody else's stuff to make my stuff. Uh, so it'll be really interesting to kind of see who uses what license when they put out games. Uh, like you, you not to throw them under the bus or anything, I don't know at all where it's going to land, but I could see the Adventure Time game going with the OGL because they're using the 5e rules and right. such a IP that's owned by a big co- corporation, mm-hmm. uh, not wanting people to be able to use those elements. I could see them going with the OGL from, from Hasbro rather than the Orc license. So just a mm-hmm. little bit of an example there. Uh, what are your thoughts on what we might see? Give me some conjecture conjecture um i mean i i think like you i'm just waiting to see how this is going to play out and i think this is a good first step or not really like Mm -hmm. a first step honestly the first step was announcing something (laughs) during the ogl i think this is an important step in ttrpgs in general especially ttrpgs that are not dungeons and dragons so i think this will benefit hopefully i'm hopeful that it'll benefit a lot of the indie creators, a lot of people who want to explore TTRPGs and utilize um, Pathfinder as like a base. And I'm I'm just very, I'm hopeful, but again, like big company, I'm still skeptical, but from the, you know, from their, how they've been presenting the ORC and how they've uh, been very open and communicative with the community, I, I, I have hope. Uh, do I have the same hope for Wizards? Not currently, no. But hope, <laughs> I I also hope that this ORC and the positive reception I've been seeing with the ORC 
scares wizards a little bit. I don't know if it does, but I hope that it does because sometimes you need to scare the guy on top to and give them like more consequences for their actions. I think and they I think were scared, the and then ones. when they saw that people are still gonna buy their books, like I think there's still just that level of cockiness. It reminds me of when PlayStation came out with the PS3, and they're like, "Listen, people will get a second job to afford this. We're so cool," and it didn't work. People <laughs> loved the PS2 because it was cheap and did everything, had the coolest yeah. games that didn't carry over. And I think that's where they're at right now. They are squeezing mm-hmm. the magic, the magic the gathering community dry right there people are mad about dungeons and dragons one like we don't know what it is you don't know what it is we're not happy with anything that's happening right now and Mm -hmm. but like they're still so cocky and they're they're being brought closer and closer to hasbro who is just like hey do whatever you want not taking all the blame off wizards i'm sure there's there's rich and greedy people at wizards too but like they're they're still leaning close to that so i don't know if they are scared yet i think they were scared a little bit and then they're like, well, we survived. And people are, you know, it's quieted down a little bit. I, I think they won't be truly scared until one comes out and no one buys it. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I think you're right. <laughs> Nobody's really excited for it. Like, I don't see people talking about it nearly as much as I used to. I think there's still a sour taste in people's mouth for the company and also like the directionlessness. That's not a word, but you know what I mean? Like the, the lack of direction from D and D one and them being very wishy-washy on what it means, trying to say that it's not a new edition that it'll be like backwards compatible. And you're just like, this isn't a fucking video game. Like what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> so uh, I think we'll definitely like, yeah, the biggest splash is done. Like, this big rock was just thrown into this giant pond of TTRPGs. And yeah, the big splash is done. The OG, the OGL fiasco, they have survived it, but there's still ripple effects. Like there's still like the waters are still very much deserved. There's a giant rock in the water that wasn't there before. <laughs> so it just, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, and I also, for D&D's, like, new adventure or book that's coming out, I haven't seen, like, anybody excited about it. Um, I haven't seen much publicity on it. And if it if publicity does exist for it, um, I'm not getting it. <laughs> like, it's being buried somewhere. So, yeah, I, I think that while D&D survived, maybe they're not as scared anymore. I think they should stop. They should still be. I think they should be because if you say they rock the waters more and people continue to not be excited, the real death knell that would come would be from Critical Role putting out their big D&D competitor game because they're putting out other games. But the one that they talked about, they're going to run campaigns in that has yet to fully release yet. If that one comes out and it's under the orc or something similar or just not involved with D&D at all, um Mm -hmm. that's when they're fucked oh yeah they're super fucked (laughs) super if they lose critical role yikes they bet they 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 are doing behind the scenes like backdoor stuff as we speak i guarantee it to try to keep critical role exactly and uh that that would be the biggest thing and they're pretty like as much as everyone's like oh they're small creators those are real business-minded people over at critical role and yeah. they're savvy enough Very to go, hey, mm-hmm. we might be able to eat D&D's lunch. 
Um, mm-hmm. And if you don't think that they're talking about that, you're naive. <laughs> like, yeah. If they can, they will. And, you know, maybe they should. I, I don't know. I don't really have uh, skin in the game when it comes to that. I play a lot of other stuff. I don't really watch Critical Role as much these days. Um, but it'd be interesting to watch happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would definitely get my popcorn out and, uh, and see what goes down. So... Uh, that's what I think that they have to fear. Lissa, uh, what are your thoughts on, on the org license? I think it's interesting to see that um, people are coming around to the fact, like we, we've talked about this, that people are coming around to see that, you know, it's better to diversify like the TTRPG space. It's instead of just, you know, shoving all our money into the mouth of the dragon that is Hasbro slash Wizards of the Coast in D&D. And I think, like, these sort of, like, I don't know if... Paizo is still pretty big. Like, it's not D&D big, but Paizo is still pretty big. And, like, the Orc License and these other companies working together and working by themselves to, like, create stuff that specifically combats D&D. I think making these big moves now more so than ever is good because like it it's competition for D D and it is when Paizo puts out stuff like this as a response of D fucking up, it goes to show like I mean it was one thing when, you know, like all the creators and everybody came came up to arms on Twitter and on social media and said, you know, absolutely not. This is what you're doing is disgusting. But like their actions have consequences and these competitive these competitors putting out the content that the people actually want and like sticking to what the people are are uh fighting for in you know in a very competitive environment compared to wizards of the coast who can't you know do this as fast and clearly isn't doing things as fast or fast enough for you know people to actually notice a big difference it's it's good because D&D has been like the thing for so long and it's been growing and it's getting momentum and there's more and more people joining the TTRPG space but D&D is not the answer to everything and we are learning that we are seeing that and people who are who have been in the TTRPG space for a little while now can be like look you joined because of D, but you know there's stuff like the orcs stuff you mm-hmm. can we can make something not just for D. we're not giving it everything to D. so when D fucks up again you know it's not going to impact small creators that much anymore because not everyone's sticking you know their their work under the one license of D D, under the one umbrella which is D D, the one conglomerate which is hasbro right mm-hmm. and it's really like you said because like so many other big names are branching out like as much as like i give critical role sometimes for being a little bit capital a little bit more capitalistic than i would agree with like the fact that they're putting new games on their platform even if it's for them to sell like it shows oh hey these big people that only ever played D, and it's not true they played pathfinder too um but like that they played these main games now they have an entire show you can watch uh you know vampire the masquerade crew you can candela obscura like they've they've branched out and because they've branched out 
more people who got into D&D just because of that game are yeah. playing other games. So it's not that crazy. I've talked to several people who are like, oh, yeah, my first game was Vampire the Masquerade, which was not a thing I had heard since talking to people who played in the 80s. Right. Um, so it's just it's a really exciting time. It reminds me a lot of comic books, but with way more hope. Like comic books is like new new comic book readers aren't created every day, which is kind of sad. Mm-hmm. And it makes it really difficult. But new RPG people are signing up all the time. And uh, they're they're jumping in and they're not immediately jumping into D&D. And it's become, it's still rocky. It's still really difficult for a small publisher to get out. Um, it, you know, you have more people jumping into something like Chaosium stuff rather than, yeah. oh, I wouldn't play Henshin, right? From Game of mm-hmm. Monsters. <laughs> but you Start but with you're the big still, guys, yeah. Exactly. But some of those, those uh, mid-level people are starting to, you know, the, the rising tide is raising all the ships. And yeah, that's the part that's kind of exciting. It's it's like if you were to create something in this industry, now is the time to do it because D and D is going through such a rocky time. Yes. Because D and D is essentially just it. It's kind of like okay, I'm gonna make the comparison, which is gonna be really stupid, but like it's like Thames Water in the UK. Like they're they're. <laughs> they're their plumbing is leaking. They're literally losing water. Like, and nobody's right. going, nobody's trying to fix it. I mean, Thames Water is going around going like, oh yeah, we're going to do this, this, and this to fix but it. But they're not going nobody's to. Doing, nobody's doing goddamn shit. We all know this. But like, <laughs> water is leaking out. These are all the people that are leaving, you know, the TTRPG it, or dropping out of D&D, rather. Yeah. And, you know, we're looking for all, for alternatives. Well, now we're getting some because people are realizing that like, oh, wait, there's this work license thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, there's this new thing coming up. Oh, look, and it's like gaining momentum. So when, you know, TSR is the Titanic sinking to the bottom of the ocean, um, the rest jump off the ship and they have a lifeboat nearby, yeah. which is all of these other projects that are up and coming. Like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you want to join something like that when you have the opportunity when clearly TSR uh or not tsr <laughs> where did that come from uh wizard of the coast doesn't want to keep these creators it's the same picture it's the same, it's picture. The same picture like if, if we've i mean we've literally seen this before i mean i don't think your like freudian slip or whatever was like it, it didn't come out of nowhere like we've seen people who own D fail before most from for from different decisions and it was it was a different kind of situation but like the people who've held this title have made really crap business decisions before not the same exact crap business decisions but like kind like still business decisions that are you know different depending on the time that you're looking at it and it's crap depending on what the goal is right like we talked about that this is a publicly traded company their goal is to generate as much money in a small window because that's how you Mm -hmm. keep shareholders happy in a boardroom so it's crap business decisions for longevity but they don't give a shit about longevity they're fracking right now Yes, and they are, they just, it's their money and they want it now. Exactly. So, like, they're like, oh, this is a terrible decision for, like, the longevity. And they're like, screw longevity. When D&D dies, we'll we'll sell other shit. Yeah, we'll do insider trading and we'll be fine. <laughs> they're, already, they're already doing that. Charge. They're already, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah we're in think that they are already doing that. But also just like if you take a step back as well, and I think it's important to acknowledge that not everybody who plays D&D is tuned into what's happening in the TTRPG community, Word. right? Not everybody who plays tabletop games knows yeah, all the true. drama on the internet. So mm-hmm. like 
even from that standpoint, because of all this stuff happening, quote unquote, in the industry, we're going to start seeing those ripple effects now in game shops and we're Mm going to start seeing them in the mainstream. So like even if the person who um, is going into a local game store and is buying Dungeons and Dragons or even going on Amazon or however you buy your TTRPGs, you're going to now see there's going to be not just D&D on those shelves anymore. There's going to be Pathfinder. There's going to be stuff from Chaosium. There's going Candela to be Candela Obscura. <laughs> there's going to be Candela Obscura, especially, yeah, especially if it's Critical Role stuff. You know that's going to have, you know, space on the shelf. At exactly. I, I've seen Critical Role shell stuff at FYE, which is a U.S. media store. I like, just went everywhere. to Second and Charles, which is where I buy a lot of used books um mm-hmm. and their their D section in quotes is just critical role section <laughs> oh well now i gotta go because i have not been to that store forever oh do they get some really good stuff and you can get a lot i haven't like, i haven't been in years that's where years, i buy a lot but... of like used graphic novels yes it's a it's a very good secondhand bookstore if you have any near you but essentially like all the stuff that's happening in the industry even if the the quote-unquote uh normal customer that isn't as tuned in even they're going to start feeling ripple effects if not now very soon because like of all of these decisions with the orc and everything that's happening those ttrpg shelves those dnd sections are going to not just be dnd anymore they already were moving in that direction but now it's an absolute that's going to happen like there's going to be hopefully depending on the shop and depending on you know funding and how much stuff continues to go on behind the scenes there's going to be more indie stuff there's go- and if there isn't more indie stuff there's at least going to be stuff from the big company money cook from pathfinder paizo and then seeing those different games just side by side and not just seeing D on the shelf is just going to be almost like a rhetorical device to people to be like, oh, I only thought there was D&D and that was the only game that existed in this space, but now I see all these other games. I'm going to Google it and see what other games that are out there. So we haven't even seen the full effect of this on like the mainstream mainstream. And I think that's part of also it's keeping D&D afloat is just the, not in a bad way, but just the flat out like ignorance of people who are not in the like space it's just they are completely like they have no idea what's going on they just see dnd on a shelf and they want to pick it up but that's going to change if it's not already changing exactly very interesting uh guys i'll be right back i have i have a business call just hold on one second go 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 serious business Seriously, capitalism. Seriously, capitalism. Seriously, business. Capitalism. All right, back. Sorry. Uh, it was not a business call. I thought it was going... It looked like it was coming from uh, one of my publisher numbers. It was worse. It was Comcast, and <laughs> there's going to be oh. another outage, so I'm not going to be able to record the club. Oh, shit. <laughs> so uh, we'll wrap up here then. Yeah, <laughs> I'm really sorry, guys. Uh, I don't know <laughs> when it's going to cut off, so we might want to actually, yeah, wrap up. Because yeah, yeah, wrap up it. here. Go, go, go. Yeah. yeah go, uh, go. So uh, thank you so much for listening. This has been the Cave Trolls. If you like this, you can head over to patreon.com slash creations. Drop a buck or two. Get this show early. Get other shows early. Get uh, bonus content like Slavenly Trolls After Dark. Get Sharday's lore rewrites. Lots of cool shit over there. Exclusive polls as well. When Sharday 
ask questions, you're the only ones that can answer it because you're on Patreon. Nah. Um, but when Lissa asks questions, just ignore it. It's fine. Um, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You don't what? ask questions. It's fine. Hello. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, you can, if you don't no. want to give us a buck or two, that's fine. You can head over to can'tbekilledcreations.com. Get all of our free content over there. You get other podcasts like the Slavling Trolls podcast, which Charlie will tell you about in a moment. And you can get like lots of our back catalog. There's lots of weird old podcasts where I talk about shitting myself on the mic. Um, that's not the only thing we talk about, but that is something I did talk about. Uh, so you can go check that out if you're interested. You're probably not. Um, you also can find lots of good comic books over there, which I sell. Subtle plug. Um, and if you like any of that content, you can look for me, T.S. Luther, um, on comic book store shelves. I have a new project coming to Zoop called Tokyo Fire with artist Sky Hawkins. Yeah. Dystopian, cyberpunk, X Men, Akira type comic book with lots of laughs as well. So you can go check that out. Zoop.gg in August. You can find me at Resident Evil all over the Twitter or at CBKC Comics in lots of places or Can't Be Killed Comics. I'm Can't Be Killed Comics on TikTok. Lots of fun TikTok content over there. And if you want to follow Cave Trolls specifically, at Cave Trolls Pod is our Twitter account as well as Instagram. Sharde, where can the people find wow. you online? I mean, how do I follow that up? I don't you have can't. nearly enough you can't. stuff to plug. I just I got this online. Um, <laughs> you can find me as the best half of the Slovenly Trolls podcast because <laughs> it's hate on Lissa Day, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just um, kidding. If, if Lissa asks you a question, you kidding. answer it, damn it. Uh, and we publish episodes every month where we do deep dives into the problematic lore and history of Dungeons and Dragons through a feminist lens. And you can find that wherever you get podcasts. I also run the Slovenly Trolls Twitter account at Slovenly Trolls. And you can also find me, you know, on the CBK Patreon and all that fun That's stuff. That's where she well. asked the questions. That's where I asked the questions. Oh, also, you can email uh, campykillcreations at gmail.com for questions for, like, the general network or comics at campykillcreations.com if you have specific comics questions. So don't be afraid to email. A lot of people using that contact us uh, submission form, which is completely fine, too. But if you already want to email us and you have that, you can do that, too, so you don't have to go click a million different things. Wow. Lissa, where can the people find you online? Uh, I am not online, but this is, this is why that's why have... they don't listen to your questions, Lissa. <laughs> listen, I have no answers for you, so no questions, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the Slovenly Trolls of an Instagram uh, at Slovenly Trolls, and as of this morning, we also have a Threads. <gasps> <laughs> wow! Yeah, look out for at Slovenly Trolls. Well, I'm going to be making some Threads for some other stuff too, so uh, I'll put some extra links if I make that before I publish this episode, so you can see that. Wow. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, we have a TikTok and we're awesome okay. and trying really, really hard. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. We mostly do this stuff for fun, but the money definitely lets us do it. Like if it, if yeah, it made no money, we wouldn't it. be able to do it. Mm-hmm. so like you know <laughs> the help <laughs> it's great and if you can't support financially you know share tell your friends tell those weird people down the street um you know that, that we make stuff and that you should check it out it doesn't matter if yeah. they don't but somebody might you know you go through the mcdonald's drive through you can just say hey these people make stuff and they'll go okay it'll be <laughs> 4.99 please um because you it'll bought one single large fry because capitalism mm-hmm 
Uh, yeah, that's, I think it, uh, we, uh, we've been the cave trolls and we're sorry and we're out. And, uh, once again, we have that special time where we get to thank our Patreon producers. Right now we have Kim Winson, Jeremy Raymond, the Lorax, and Trellbot. Thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on, the mics rolling. You keep chicken sandwiches in our pockets and you keep us having fun on the mic. Thank you so much.